Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know it? It's about the gospel, okay? You know, like, I think that we very often can get busy about so many things that that really is nothing to do with the gospel, but because of we need to do something. And the thing is that the moment you get focused on something that is not Jesus, uh, you get distracted, uh, okay? Though it's easy to think, I need to do this because this is the Christian thing to do. But the thing is that you need to focus upon Jesus. And, and everything has to be seen through the eyes of Jesus. Okay? Uh, you know, like, um, I'll give you an example. I, I met a Christian. So he went down to the parliament because he had to, he had to pray for Brexit. So he said to me that God told him that Brexit is a done deal. So I said to him, God told me that Brexit is dead. So who's right? None of us. Okay? Because of, uh, either it's something that we have adapted into the kingdom because we need to keep busy. But the thing is, that, you know, we can have political opinions, but don't say it's the gospel. Okay? It's like, you know, you see these sports people, and they're praying, oh, God, help me to win. And then the guy on the other team, he say, oh, God, help me to win. Who's God going to help now? Okay. <laughs> That's why it becomes a war. And both parties get upset. Okay. And it's like, we have to be careful. We don't uh, get involved in these things. But because of it, it's been so customized. So we think it's, this is what we do, but it, you know, you don't, but you don't see it in the Bible. You know, it's about, our job is to preach Jesus. Amen. Uh, the redemption and give hope, Brexit or no Brexit, or losing or winning. Actually, I, I remember something, this is what I can remember that. No, New Year's tradition, I, we don't show it over here, but New Year's tradition in Denmark on New Year's Day, we always watch, well, at that time when we only have one TV program, we watched uh, downhill skiing. Have you ever seen that slalom? And I remember this guy that he was starting and he was doing the cross before he went down and all sorts of things. And when the first flag he went through, the flag smacked him because he hit it. So my, I still remember my dad said, oh, that's what he got from mixing things. Okay. But it's important we don't get involved in all these things. Our job is to preach the gospel. Amen? Our job is to bring hope. Our job is not to, to you know, whatever way it goes, anything, our job is to preach the gospel. Okay? I remember when I was in Ukraine, and this interpreter or translator, he said to me that, you know, that one thing that happened when the Soviet Union forced everyone to speak Russian. So when, in, when the Iron Curtain came down in the early 90s, or was late 80s, anyway, he said that the whole region spoke Russian. And that's why the gospel spread so quick. Okay? And uh, so, so, so this new year we're starting, and I'm not going to preach about it's a new beginning. Okay? I, I was told that the business that makes the most money this month 
do you know what? It's with Jim. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> because everyone, all, all the stuffing and you put in, uh, 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 it's okay, I can keep eating because at midnight, I'm going on. <laughs> I don't know if you do that. I do it in Danish culture. You know. we, we stuff our face with all sorts of food because at midnight, I'm going on a diet. <laughs> so uh, anyway, so so Elovet, uh, uh, I, 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 you know the verse that says in Luke one thirty seven, it says, "For for with God nothing is impossible." Amen. Amen. And um, and and I want to talk a little bit about because I, it's like remember when I I shared the joke with you, but just because you watch the Karate Kid. Have you watched The Karate Kid? You know. <laughs> that does not mean you can do Karate. You didn't know that. <laughs> no, just because you watched a Karate Kid movie, it does not mean that you can do Karate. Okay? And I, and I think that it's the same thing that we have to understand is that uh, just because we read the scripture once, doesn't mean necessarily we know how to apply it. Okay, that's why in Matthew it talks about that we are called to be disciples. Amen? No, we, we, we are called to, and a disciple is someone, or a modern word for it is, we call to be an apprentice. Meaning, we have to watch and learn. Okay? You know, actually, I think that, you know, what's Karate Kid for one again? Wax on. Okay, remember? Wax off. Okay? And, 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 and the thing is that, you know, because, I, you know, when, when you know, we, I believe Jesus wants to heal. No, sorry. I believe Jesus has healed everyone. According to 1 Peter 2.24, it says, by his stripes, we have been healed. Okay, but we also know that in reality, here in this world, that people say it and die. Okay, and but the thing is that we we we, we have to understand that there is a part that I have to play, and there is a part that God is playing, and. And God does his part, or God has done his part. Okay? Now it's up to me to do my part. And that part is called grace. Do you understand? Grace is not passive. Grace makes me active. Grace is not that I don't need to pray. Do you understand? Grace is that when I pray, God hears. That's grace. Do you understand that? Grace is not that I don't need to read the Bible. Grace is that when I read the Bible, the Holy Spirit will enlighten the Word and feed my spirit. That's grace. I'm telling you, before I became a Christian, and this is not even a joke, when I was a student and I couldn't sleep, I had this, I don't know, I still, to this day, I don't understand how I ever got that Bible with me, but I had my old great-grandma's Bible, and uh, the Danish letters at that time was a little bit different. We, we did uh, when when now, and it was so difficult to read. But anyway, I said to you know I only need to read four or five verses, and I fell asleep. Okay, because 
The, the Bible without the Holy Spirit, there is no life. You know, that was better than any sleeping tablet. Okay? And if you really couldn't sleep, it was heavy enough just to smack someone on the head with it. Too, when they were completely knocked out. <laughs> okay? But it's important we understand this thing that, that just like with any relationship you are building, the first day you meet them, you might like them, but you don't need necessarily trust them because you don't know them. Because you just met. Okay? And so, so, so when we are called, you know, in the early days the church was called, are you following the way? This was what we were called. We were not called Christians. We were called, are you following the way? Meaning, it was a journey that we were walking. Okay? And, and so, 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 so what is important is that because we, we you know, we, it really came a, a little bit in with the, with the Reformation and with Martin Luther, that is all by grace. And, and it is all by grace, but because of our wrong definition of what grace is, we have adapted a passive approach to the gospel. So, like, say, if God wants to heal me, he will heal me. Okay? But if God wants to bless me, he will bless me. But the thing is that we have to pursue it. Amen? We know that every, anything is possible with God. But it has to be with God. So, so my responsibility is to keep building this relationship with Him. That I keep getting to know Him better and better and better and better. Just like in a marriage, after people have been married for some years, the husband is shaped in the wife's image. I didn't get that. <laughs> yeah, have you seen this thing about that, that the, owners, the dog owners looks like their dog? You never noticed. <laughs> okay. But anyway, but and and the thing is, but so the the more I walk with him, the more is possible. Why? Because the more I get to know him, the greater my confidence grows in that nothing is impossible. Okay. So it's a journey. It's not something that happens just like that very often. And that's why that the most precious time you and I got is how. Do we spend our time? Do you know the, the biggest problem or the biggest challenge when someone is terminally ill and when it comes to healing is time. Okay? Why? No, if you have if there's a, ter- a person who's terminally ill with a disease, that disease are not having holding having a weekend break. Or the cancer, oh, okay, it's Friday, we don't do any damage until Monday morning. Have you noticed that? No, it, 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 that disease keeps working. Now, what you are up against is that, in general, is that many of us in, in our part of the world, our mind has not sufficiently been renewed. So the, so the thing is that, yes, in my intellect, I can understand God wants to heal me, but in my heart, I struggle. So when you have these two things, and that, that, that's where the process of getting people healed is that we need to transform the way people think. But as, as you probably know, you don't want to do that while you, when you are ill. You want to be established in the truth of healing while you are healthy. Okay? You, know, you, you, know, you don't start building a house in the storm. 
if, you ha if your roof is leaking, you don't go out and fix it when it's raining. Okay, you want to do it when the sun is out. And the same thing, this is, what, the, this is why we come to church. Because of, this is a part of renewing your mind so that you and I, we get established in the truth of what is God's will. Because many people say many things about what God's will is. But the thing is that the Bible, we, we, we need to know what does the Bible say. Okay? Do you know, uh, have you heard about the Royal Marines? James Bond? Yes. You heard about James Bond? Uh, MI6? Yeah. Uh, I prefer Johnny English. <laughs> In MI5. You know, the, the MI5 say, oh, MI6, they got James Bond, but we got Johnny English. <laughs> you, know, you know the difference? MI5 is domestic. domestic. MI6 is overseas. Okay? But they, they say that the Royal Marines, the soldiers, are, are maybe the hardest um, group of soldiers to get into. Now, this is the cause to get into that is maybe the hardest in the world. Don't believe Hollywood, okay? Don't believe Hollywood. Hollywood will tell you it's the U.S. Marines. No, American soldiers is just hopeless, okay? They're only good in Hollywood. Okay, as I told you, remember when George W. Bush he got attacked in Iraq with, uh, by this journalist who threw his shoe after him. Remember that? And he was docked. Can you imagine the president of the United States? He's docking with shoes, the journalist. He's throwing with shoes. And the Secret Service, they were just standing there watching. <laughs> they were just standing there watching the president docking with shoes. <laughs> if that has been a Hollywood movie, before that man had thought about taking his shoes, they had taken him out. Do you understand? But anyway, but this one Marines, they said, he said, anyone, now note, anyone, he said, anyone who wants to be a Royal Marine can become a Royal Marine. Jerry. <laughs> anyone who, but, but when he said, but not, not but not many Wanted enough. Okay? Not many wanted enough. Do you know what? I don't believe anyone is born stupid. Okay? I don't believe anyone is born stupid. But I believe that we have been brought up in a society where we think. That intelligence has to do with that everything is easy. It's not. You know, we, we, we as I said, you know, we, we, we have we turned upside down what it means to be intelligent. You know, we have two people doing the same test. One do it in five minutes, the other one do it in half an hour. And we will say the one who did it in five is the brightest. Not necessarily. Okay? Do you know that they made a test where they said, in, where, where they put one group of kids and another, two groups of kids, one group of kids, they kept saying to them, you're bright, you're bright, you're bright. And the other group of kids, they kept saying to them, encouraged them and said, oh, you work hard, you work hard, you work hard. Okay? 
when it comes to a state where you know like when 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 subject starts becoming a little bit challenging more than just one plus one is two okay you didn't know that okay <laughs> okay but his but this study showed that those who are right when they come to a, a place they didn't even want to try when it becomes a little bit difficult why because we didn't want to lose the tech that they were called bright. Okay? But those who always been encouraged to, for their hard work, they just threw themselves in it and they ended up further than those who were told they were bright. So we, real intelligence is not that I can do things quick. Real intelligence is that you know how to work. As I told you, you know, remember this pastor, a pastor from Denmark, his son, he married a Norwegian woman and she started medicine. And she, was, she said to me, when she was at the first year of medical school, she said to me, well, you know, this has been the worst year of my whole life because up all the way through A-levels, she said, I never done any homework because of, she could just, she just had it in her head. Okay, and everyone said you're very, very bright. I said, but when she came to, she said, when I came to university, the amount of information and knowledge that I had to comprehend was beyond what anyone could do by memory. So she said that not only did I have to learn the subject as a doctor uh, in, in medicine, I also had to learn to work hard. And she said that was very, very difficult. <coughs> Okay, and so, so, so the thing is that all things are possible with God, but the part is that we, are, we have to understand that we are co-workers with God. Okay, co-workers, that means we cooperate. So there's a part I need to do, and, that my, and the thing is that the reason for why we sometimes find it hard is because we're coming from a world that is, you no. Know, God comes from heaven, we come from the earth, and we are moving. We are moving towards him, so there's a transformation. Okay, but, but this is what I mean, he said, it depends on how much do you want it. And, and that caught, you know, when I went to Bible school, we had a Bible teacher, and she said this thing, and I, I, can, I never forgotten when she said it. She said, you can have anything you want if you're willing to pay the price. Amen? You can have anything you want if you're willing to pay the price. And the, the thing is, but there's a lot of things that I want, but there's also, when I come to it, maybe I'm not willing to pay the price. It will be a gym instructor, he said to all of us, you can have a six-pack if you want. Do you want a six-pack? Yeah. Okay. Show up in the gym 4.30 every morning for two hours for a whole week. And next week, and next week, and next week, and next week, and next week. When maybe I don't want the six-pack as much. Okay. Do you know that when Pastor Yong Kichu, he shares about this woman who had brain cancer and... He prays for her and nothing happened and so on. And when he says to her, write down, by his stripes I have been healed. 
10,000 times. And every time you're writing it down, you think about it, you say, thank you, Jesus. Do you know, I don't think any, many Western people would do it. But this woman, she did it. And she got healed. When she came back to Pastor Young Kachu, he could even hear her, hear her speech was different. What, what happened? Was it because she wrote it down 10,000? No, it was because in the process of doing this, she renewed her mind. Do you understand? It's like, like in the Karate Kid movie, it's not about vexing the car. It's about teaching a movement. Did you understand that? It's like, it's not a, when you read the Word of God, it's not about you have a lot of Bible knowledge. It's about conditioning your mind to a certain set of thoughts. Do, do you understand? But it, but it does not come just like that. You know, the biggest problem for, for the church today is that we don't believe we deserve or we are good enough to receive the blessing of God. Because we are living in an environment where everyone tells us we are not good enough. But, and you can see, but so that's why, like, you say, why, one, Sunday, one day a week where you are told how much God believes in you, and then six days a week you are told how useless you are. Who are we going to listen to most of the time? The voice of the world. So when we need God to intervene in our life, do you know the struggle is that? Do you know what the struggle is with faith? We we struggle with our faith that we we, we struggle with believing. Will God really do it for me? Okay, where is that thought based on? I'm not good enough. Okay. Why, why do I feel I'm not good enough? Because of if I because I've not worked hard enough to realize how much God loves me. Do you understand? I'm telling you that's why the early church they came together daily. Can you imagine that? Every single day, daily. Why, why did we do that? To, because the mind needs to be renewed. So that what happened was that Peter, who was a coward, became the boldest of all the disciples. From being a coward, denying Jesus in front of a little girl, he became the Pope. <laughs> Amen? What happened? He suddenly realized how much God Loved him. Yeah. You know, the, the, the struggle with, with, with receiving from God is not the struggle about that uh, God will give it to me. That's not the struggle. The struggle is that I need to renew my mind to see that God has already given it to me. He wants you to have it more than you want it yourself. Because, but because of our image of who God is, that we still think there is this kind of doubt. And that's where we have to work on ourselves in terms of renewing our mind. Okay, Dodie Osteen, who is still alive now, she's mid-80s, uh, back in the late 70s or something, she was diagnosed with liver cancer and was told she got four days back, uh, left to live. Okay, she's still alive, she outlived her husband. You can watch the testimony on YouTube. 
both from that time and also now, and you wouldn't believe she's 80 plus years old now. What happened was she threw herself into renewing her mind. And that's where we, we have to, when we have to understand that when we walk, when we walk with God, we are, not <coughs> we are not passengers, we are co-workers. So, when, so, so you say, all things are possible with God. And when he talks about with God, that means I have to work together with him. It's not like God knocks you out and then he does it for you. It would have been easier if he did it, but he doesn't. Why? Because he wants you to grow through the process. Okay? So, so, all, so, so, so whatever you need today... Whatever you need to see a breakthrough in today, I want to let you know, it is within your ability, it is within your reins, it is within your influence for it to happen. Okay? But first, you and I, we have to take responsibility for it and say, I can do it. Do you know, when we take responsibility... We receive authority. Amen. You know, but if I if I don't want to take responsibility, I cannot have <coughs> uh, authority. I only have authority in the area I take responsibility. You know, it's like it's not it's not very, You know, if like say you're not happy at work, that's not your workplace's fault. It's your fault. And you can pray for your manager, you can pray for your colleagues, you can pray for a bus driver, you can, you can pray for the neighbor's dog who's barking so you wake up too early or whatever. No, no. You, know, you have to take responsibility and say, no, <coughs> it's my responsibility. Now, but they behave like this, yeah, but, it's, but I react like that. Do you know, you can't change other people's re uh, behavior, but I can change my own response. Or he irritates me. No, he doesn't irritate you. There's something in you what makes you be irritated? Mm -hmm. right. Do you understand? No, and, and, and you can't change someone outside. That's called manipulation. Do you understand? You can't pray, change, but you can change on the inside. Okay? So we have to take responsibility. Amen? You know, the, the lack of revival is not because of the sinners. Okay? It's because of the church. Revival is not that the sinner starts becoming Christians. Revival is that the church wakes up and realizing it's my responsibility. It's not the sinner's fault. It's my responsibility. What can you expect from a sinner? He sins. Okay? Now, if you don't sin, you're not a sinner. <laughs> or if a sinner's just stop. When, no, when we have no... They, they don't know any better. Okay? They don't know any better. But so, so, it's back. so, so this year we start, we, we start, you know, make a decision, say, I take responsibility for my life. Amen. I take responsibility and say, this, this year I'm going to really make a difference. I'm going to take responsibility. I'm not going to, for, to wait for something to happen. I'm going to make it happen. Amen? Amen. 
you know, it's your. Because all things are possible with God. Yes. Do you know, I met a pastor's wife many years ago, and she used to have a wart on her hand. And, and it was just something that she always learned to live with. You know, it wasn't dangerous or anything like that. And then one day, she, she, she read about the authority in Christ. And when she looked at this, if I have the authority in Christ, why don't I command this wart to disappear? She have had it for all her life, never given it any thought. And then she said, okay, in the name of Jesus, go away. And then she don't know what, what happened, but after a while she just looked at her hand again, and it was gone. You know, it could have gone 20 years earlier. Why didn't it do it? Because she didn't do anything about it. Okay, the same thing that because but we because we we we're living in a society where we expecting someone is going to do something, and then everything will turn good. But that someone, do you know who that is? It's you. You are the so to speak the master in your life. Amen. You are the master in your life. You have the power, you have the ability in your hands to make your life a success. But it might take a little bit of effort, but I'm telling you, the effort is worth it. Okay? The effort is worth it. You know, and one thing that I, I read a book many years ago now by a man, uh, you know, it's not a political book. But it was a book by this uh, spin doctor of Tony Blair, what is it, uh, Alistair Campbell. He wrote a book called Winners. And he, he wrote about, so he took different people to see what do these people have in common who we call champions or winners. And one of the things that is quite interesting was that everyone who becomes a champion some, or we can call it a success or whatever we want to call it, is someone who goes beyond what is their duty. Okay? If we, you know, like if I was trying to look, but I couldn't find it, the definition of an A star, but because I, can, I know the, the Danish, but, but, you know, if you want, like the top grade, you have to do more than is expected. If we only do what is expected, you will get an average grade. Why? Because everyone does what is expected. But we're not, we, you know, we, we don't want to be a part of the crowd. We want to be unique. Okay? And, so, and what I realized is that when, when you start looking at people who have been successful, who have succeeded, they do beyond and above the call of duty. That's actually what we say when we get this Victoria Cross and this, what, what do they, they perform beyond the call of duty. And because we're living in a welfare state, so it's all about, you know, I just do what is expected of me because that's fair. No, if you want to be a success, you have to go beyond and do more than is expected. No one becomes a champion just by doing just what is expected. Do you, do you understand? You know, like I was saying to Matthew, there's a, 
There's a Danish badminton player called Victor Axelsen, and um, he is one of the. If he's not number one, he's number two. He's really, uh, he he's a really big name in badminton now, and he said that you know he realized that that the future for t you know if you want to be a big name wor worldwide in badminton, you have to be in China. So he learned Chinese, but and it was Adam actually who, who told me about it. I'd never heard of him. But when I went up on him, and when he was, when, still to this day, he's one of the world's best badminton players. And every day they are practicing, but every day he rents a hall for his own money, his own initiative. No one asked him to do it. He goes down to that hall and practices his serve for two hours every single day. Okay, that's why he become world number one. Okay, no one asked him of it, but he did it. Do you, do you understand? You know that you you can take any boxer, for example. I you know I think the people I admire the most are the boxers. I know after they won, because of let's say you win, you become the world champion in heavyweight boxing. Okay, now you made enough money for your next 10 lives. But what is impressive about these people is that they can come out of their bed, go through the training, and do a defense. They don't need to, but they can motivate themselves. Okay? And, and so, and, but what, what the point is here is that if we want to be champions, now, when I say if, the question, the if is not with God. God wants you to be a champion. Have you ever watched the, have you ever watched the movie Gladiator? Okay, you come up here and repent. No, I'm joking. <laughs> You're supposed to be praying. Now, have you noticed when the body armor in any Middle Eastern movie? No, no, not Middle Eastern movie. Middle Middle Age. No, have you noticed when you wear body armor, have you seen it? The Roman body armor is always a six pack. Have you noticed that? Doesn't matter how floppy you are on the inside, you can just wear the armor, you have six. Anyway, but the, but the if is not with God. The if is with you and me. And I, when I got a thought this morning, but you know, I always sometimes wondered about why. Was Joshua selected above the other one, Caleb? That's right. Have you ever thought about? You know, it were both, and I, and you know, Caleb. He was, you know, he was second to none. He was eighty plus years old, and he came up to Joshua and said, "I remember God promised me this, and this was up in the mountains. Eighty years old." I can hit, yeah, but you can't do it now. I can hit them with my stick. <laughs> you know, 80 years. So why did God choose Joshua to lead Israel and not Caleb? And I found a verse that is quite interesting in, uh, let me see where I can find it here. In... Uh, in... Exodus 33, 
verse 7, we'll just start here, okay? This is at the tent of meetings, Moses. So it says, now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp, some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. And whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people rose and stood at the entrances to their tents, watching Moses until he entered the tent. As Moses went into the tent, the pillar of the cloud would come down and stay at the entrance. While the Lord spoke with Moses, whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance to the tent, they all stood and worshipped each at the entrance to their tent. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Then Moses would return to the camp. And then this is the line that I saw. But his young aide, Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. What did he do? No one asked, expected him to stay there, but he wanted to stay in the presence of God. But now, don't be someone who thinks that feels, oh, I don't want to do any help or service, because you have to understand, first, Joshua was a servant. Now, there are some people who are so spiritual, who say, oh, I just come for the spiritual thing. I don't want to help doing anything. No, no, that's not spiritual. That's laziness. Okay? Uh, here, first, Joshua, he was basically a personal butler for Joshua. No, for Moses. Caleb wasn't. Okay? First, he learned, you know, that there are some people say, oh, I just want to serve the kingdom. No. No, the way you serve the kingdom is you serve people. Do you know that Joab, you know Joab, the, uh, King David's general, he, he is not enlisted amongst the great men of God, uh, great men of David. Why? Because Joab did not love David. Joab loved the kingdom. Joab loved Israel. I, you know, I've had people coming to me, nah, I do it for God, I'm doing it for the kingdom. Okay, no, kingdom and people is connected. Do, do you understand? You know, you can't say you serve God if you don't want to serve people. And there's many special charismatics, oh, could you do this? No, I can't because I need to hear the word. Can you help? No, 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 no. I need to pray. No, no. That, that's not spirituality. Okay? That's weird. You know, just the first, he was an aide. So what did he do for Moses? Anything Moses wanted him to do. Sharpen my pencils. Am I supposed to? <laughs> oh, tie my shoes or whatever. But, you know, he was... As he, he just was someone who helped. Okay? But now the second part of uh, the attitude of Joshua was that when Joshua, you know, everyone knew the presence of God was there. And when Moses left, every, the meeting is over, so to speak, Joshua stayed in the presence. He did more than everyone else left, but Joshua stayed. Okay, you know, if you know a little bit about football, I think it's a fascinating story. Uh, 
you know, we, we sometimes think that if I'm just skillful, if I just got the right grades, if I just got the right ability, uh, then everything will turn out right. Not necessarily. You, you know, they, they, you know there's this, uh, now he's a retired football player, but Chelsea used to have a captain called John Terry. He became, you know, he, he, he became a first-team player for Chelsea when he was very young. And when with John Terry, he shares his story about how he got into the first team. And it wasn't because he was the most skillful football player. It was because but when, you know, he was, in, he was training with Chelsea's youth team. So when the youth team had finished their training, all his teammates were done their training, they went home. Well, no, no one can blame them for that. No, they've done what is required. But John Terry, he, what, he, he, he went over to look at the first team. Just to watch them. And then it so happened, if someone got injured, someone got a knock, and because the training session has to carry on, they said, because he was there, so said to this young John Terry, oh, you come and join in. It wasn't because of he was so skillful. It was because he did more than was expected. Do you know that I believe that's the same qualification that you and I we need to build into our character. Not just, not, not just have the right skills, the right grades, or whatever it may be, but we need to have this personality that we do more than is expected of us. We don't just do what we are asked, we do more than is expected. Because everyone can do what they are asked, that does not make any of us champions, but it's that attitude, mentality, that when we are willing to do more than is expected. Do you know, Ruth, she is in the genealogy of Jesus. She's a Gentile. She's not even a Jew. Okay? Do you know how she became, in the how she got into the genealogy of Jesus? Because I remember that her mother-in-law uh, and she had a sister-in-law, and when the, the two sons had died, and when the mother-in-law said, oh, don't be with me anymore, you know, Joe, go somewhere else, I have no kids, and if I had kids, they would be too young for you to marry them, and so on. And then Ruth says, where you go, I go. According to the law, she did not have to do that. She was free. And because she did more than was expected of her, she became, I think it's the grandma, to King David. That's right. And we find her in the genealogy of Jesus. What made her champion? She did more than was expected. Okay? She did more than was expected. So when we only uh, roam within the set framework, we will not make a difference. Okay? It's interesting when Eli you know, Elisha, remember Elisha? Mm -hmm. And Elijah. Yes. Okay? You know, Elijah, when he finds Elisha, remember where he found him? Plowing behind the ox. I'm telling you, that cannot be the nicest place to stay. Can you imagine you're plowing the ox, you know, and and they're doing their business while you're plowing, and you're walking behind? That's not nice. 
Okay? That's where he found him. Okay? But, but remember when Elijah asked him, what do you want? And, he's, and when Elijah said, I want a double portion of what you have. And Elijah says, oh, that's a hard thing to ask for. But if you see me when I go, you will have it. But you, and you can read that is yourself. But you know, it's quite a few times. Actually, we can we can read that. We, we got plenty of time. It's it's only ten o'clock. Second oh. Kings, and chapter two. Say. So it says, and it came to pass when the Lord would take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. And Elijah said unto Elisha, Tarry here, wait here. I pray you, for the Lord have sent me to Bethel. And Elisha said unto him, As the Lord live and as your soul liveth, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. Now, you have to understand, Elisha again, Elisha is, is very similar to with Joshua. Elisha's job, do you know what Elisha's job was for, was for Elijah? To cook for Elijah. Okay? That was the job of Elijah that he cooked for Elijah. So, so, so but now Elijah says to him, just wait here. Okay? Just wait here. He, oh, Elijah, there's no need for you to come. You know, don't bother yourself. Do you know what? Most people that I know of, they would have said, okay, I'll stay back. Most people that I know they would say, I'll just stay back. But Elijah remembered what Elijah told him. If you see me when I go, you can have it. And there was no way he was going to leave Elijah out of sight. Even if Elijah said to him, there's no need. Have, have a break. Have a rest. But Elijah said, he, he did more than was expected. If Elijah said, okay, I will have a break. I've worked hard today. Because he was, a sl- he was basically, you know, servants. Like, they didn't have a union to represent them. They were just basically like slaves. Without being paid. But the thing is, he could easily have said, okay, I need a rest. And no one would have blamed him for it. Okay? Elijah would not have come back and said, oh, why didn't you come? No, no, it was genuine. Now, but Elisha, he says, no, I will not leave you. So we went down to Bethel. Three, and the sons of the prophets that were at Bethel came forth to Elisha and said unto him, Knowest you that the Lord will take away your master from you here today? And he said, Yes, I know it. And then he said, Hold your peace. Do you know what? Really what they're saying here, he said, Why do you bother doing so many uh, these things? Do you know what? I remember when I was a student, so in the summer holiday, I worked at a factory, and uh, that factory, it was like you, you were paid according to how much you produce. So if you did a lot, you got paid more. If you do, did less, and because I was a student, it was not my job, so I was full of energy, and it was we all, oh, it was easy, I could make a lot of money. And then after 
when the first day was over, the, the union representative came to me. And he said, <coughs> Kurt, you don't need to do so much. I said, yeah, 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 yeah. He was just, you know, he was trying to give me a pot, but I didn't know. I said, I just, well, I need to make some money. I need to make some money. I'm a student. So what he said, no, 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 don't do so much because just do what is necessary. No, 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 I need some more. He said, no, because if you put the standard higher, more is expected of the rest of us. So basically he said, I don't want to work. I just want the money. <laughs> do the least possible for the highest reward. Okay? That's not, a, that's not an attitude of champions. Do you understand? And... So, so this is basically what we're saying to Elijah, the other prophets. Okay? So that's why, don't ask, you know, so like when I was told, when I was a new believer, read four chapters in the Bible every day. And you will get through the Bible in a year. What I did was, so, that, uh, so my thought was if I read eight, I will get through the Bible twice a year. And I'm telling you, it doesn't take that long to read. Okay? So, for, and Elijah said unto him, Elisha, tarry here, wait here, I pray you, for the Lord hath sent me to Jericho. And he said, as the Lord liveth, and as your soul liveth, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. Now, now, Elisha have already gone beyond what is expected. And, Elijah recognizing him and said, Oh, Elijah, you don't need, you've already done enough. Just stay here. Okay? But a champion's mindset is never to ask, to say, How much do I need to do? Champions never ask that question. Okay? A champion says, I'm doing it until I got it. Amen? That's the difference. That's the difference from being a slave and being a son. Champions have been... So let's say, let's apply, how many times do I need to pray to get this? Until you, uh, The answer will be, pray until you got it. But what, what many times people are looking for, and that's because they still have a wrong mindset, is, that is five times enough? Is seven times enough? Or eight times enough. No, you can't put a number. Carry on until you got it. Okay? So Elijah said unto him, Wait here, I pray you, for the Lord have sent me to Jericho. And he said, As the Lord liveth and as your soul liveth, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. And the sons of the prophets that were at Jericho came to Elisha and said unto him, Knowest you that the Lord will take you take away your master from you here today. And he answered, yeah, I know. Hold your peace. Do you know what? I, 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 to, to be honest, I actually think it's pathetic when, when they say things like uh, read uh, two chapters a day or something like that. Do you know what? I think it's stupid. Okay, because you completely missed the point. And it's very often Christians who will hold you back for doing more than is required. Okay? It's very often Christians. And Elijah, so six, and Elijah said unto him, Wait here, I pray you here, 
for the Lord has sent me to Jordan, and he said, As the Lord liveth, and as your soul liveth, I will not leave you. And they too went on. And fifty men of the sons of the prophet went and stood to view afar off, and they too stood by Jordan. Okay, and that's where Elijah get taken up. But Elijah's secret was the same secret as Joshua. He was a servant, and then he went beyond what was required. Okay? And I, I'm telling you, we, we like to use the word servanthood, but I'm telling you, this is a big, big lack in our attitudes today because we come out of this Western culture where we expect everyone to serve us. It's someone else's responsibility for me to be happy. Now think about it. People, they call in and complain about their benefits are not paid on time. Which is a little bit of a joke. It's like, it's a right when I got benefits. No, it's a privilege. Okay? People complain about they have to wait in the hospital. I think, it's my right. No, it's your privilege. Oh, I pay my, have you ever said, I pay my taxes. Yeah, if you only got what your taxes paid for, you wouldn't get too much. Can you imagine you stop the treatment? Oh, that your taxes just won out. <laughs> no, but if you want, if you want to go down that model, you know, we say I pay my taxes. I have a right. Okay, once we spent your tax money on you, we stop the treatment. Okay. Oh, that's the injection. Oh, sorry. You just ran out of run out of funding. <laughs> okay. No, but the, the, the thing is, we live in a society where we're thinking it's everyone else's responsibility. But it isn't. El, you know, Elijah could have stopped every step of the way, and you know what? God would not have blamed him. Do you understand? God would not have blamed him. But like this John Terry, when he stood at the training ground longer than everyone else, if he's gone home, no one would have blamed him. But he will never been picked. He will never made it. And it's, but, so the servanthood thing is, it's not like John F. Kennedy, he had this famous speech. It's actually funny when an American say things like that. You know, remember, have you heard of a speech where they start about what the country can do for you, but what you can do for your country? And it's, the thing is that... It, is that, is that will I take that responsibility and say, I will do. I, I don't wait. I'm not going to wait. I'm going to make things happen. Because the moment I stretch out my hand, God will respond to that action. But I need to take the initiative. Amen? I need to take the initiative. Don't wait for something else. I will be happy when my neighbor start behaving. No, you can be happy. And then don't care about your neighbor. Amen? You know, you need to take initiative. You know, this is... So, so, so we are not servants. We, you know, so we serve in that way. We, we don't expect people to do things for us. Okay? We don't expect people to do things for us in that way. First Samuel seventeen seventeen. This is my favorite verse in the Bible. 
1 Samuel 17, 17. Now this is the, the, the chapter about David and Goliath. Okay? And it says here, And Jesse said unto David his son, Take now for your brethren an ephah of these loaves, and run to the camp to your brethren. So basically he say, David, go and serve your brothers with bread. But, no, so you say another way. You say, David, cook for your brothers. Do you know, it, most people that I know of, most Catholics will say, I don't have time. I need to pray. I need to pray. Can you remember Samuel anointed me? Okay? But you know, David was first a servant. He served his brothers. I wonder if the brothers beat him up afterwards, after Samuel left the house. Can you imagine the disappointment in the house? Samuel is coming to your house. He's going to point out the next king. And he's one of you guys. Ooh. And everyone is like, you know, if, if, I put it, if I put it up to modern day language, it will be... This, the boss of the Nashville lottery is coming to your house and he's handing out the lottery ticket with 115 million pounds. <laughs> Bring all your brothers and sisters into the house and one of them it will be. Every one of us will come in with dollar signs in our eyes. <laughs> and then the one that didn't get in, he got called in and he said, it's you. And when he's left, he stands with his lottery ticket. And when the brothers give him the fivefold ministry. <laughs> so he don't need to wear makeup for the next five days because he's already blue around his eye. Okay, anyway. I don't know if that is how it happened, okay? <coughs> but he served. He didn't have to, but he did it. Do you understand? He, you know, we, we, we need to adapt this thing in our hearts that we serve, not just serve because we have to or it's my duty, but serve because of this is who I am. Do you understand? But we have found so many, many, many good excuses for so many, 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 many things. And that we, we don't want to do it. But, and we call it spirituality. But very often it's just because I don't want to do it. Okay? It's like when people say, I'm praying about it. What, what people are really saying, I don't want to make a decision. Okay? Can you do this? Oh, I want, I'm praying about it. No, you don't pray about it. You just don't want to do it. So you say, I'm praying about it. Okay? There's no difference. We, we, we just got some spiritual words. To cover up uh, our our flesh, but but this is what but this is why David was saying if he had said no, he would have never been in a situation where he faced Goliath, and if he never faced Goliath, he would never kill him. And if he never killed Goliath, David would never become king. Yeah, but he was anointed. Yeah, but even he, if he was anointed, he wouldn't have killed Goliath. And if he'd not killed Goliath, he wouldn't have become king. Do you know, you can be anointed, but not 
selected or commissioned. I know many people who have callings upon their lives but will never get into it because of they don't want to serve. Do you know, when I started out in the ministry, I did shopping for six, seven months for an old, bitter woman. Okay? She was very, very bitter, uh, angry with life. So I, and because her husband had got a stroke and she was emphysemia, she couldn't do anything. And so I was doing shopping for them. And, and it was not very pleasant. But that was where God wanted me to start. Not start as a preacher, not start as, but start as a servant. Okay, start as a servant. And this is what we all must do. But when I, when in churches, very many places we say, no, I don't want to do that because I need to read the Bible. <laughs> or something. We always find spiritual stupid excuses for not doing. And what happens is you don't become a servant. Okay? You expect someone else to do it for you. Do you know that most people, most preachers that I know of, they start out as a ser servants. Anyone. You know, you know uh, what is it? Simon Cowell. You know him? Yeah. <laughs> How do you know him? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> you, are you not praying? <laughs> Okay. Do you know how he became uh, what he is? Hey, well, okay, now this is my generation. Okay, Stella, you know when, uh, you know what I'm going to say. <laughs> but have you, in the 80s, there was a music producers in London called Stock Aiken and Waterman. There were three guys called Stock Aiken and Waterman. And, uh, and they basically produced all the disco music, pop music in the 80s, okay, uh, Kylie Minogue, you heard of her? Yeah. How you heard of her? You know, I, <laughs> I thought, I, actually, I, I, I put a lot of notes down to explain all these names I was going to give you. You know, Kylie Minogue is, no, no, but she was, she was, she, you know, that was the, the music producers she came out of. And, uh, and I can name, you know, anyone in the 80s that really became, uh, Famous at that time. So Simon Cowell, you know, he came in to that office. Do you know what he did? He made coffee and tea for Peter Waterman. You know, you know Peter Waterman? He was one of the judges on one of the first pop idols and X Factor, who later Simon Cowell fired. Okay? He was the old gray hair man with glasses, a little bit. Okay? But Stock Aiken and Warren was, the, if you want to be a top music, uh, musician at that time, you go, if, you, if they wanted you, you made it. Sing or not singing, you made it. Okay, so Simon Cowell, he came in there and just served. Made coffee, tea, and served and observed. So he watched how they did. And because he was there, they said to him one day, would you like to produce, uh, be in charge of the production of a song? And he was, uh, the first music, uh, the song that Simon Carl was in charge of is complete hopeless. Okay, the only reason why it became famous was because there was a little bit of a mishap in the music video. So therefore everyone knows about it. Okay. 
But how did he become like he didn't start out and say, oh, I'm going to be this. He started out by serving. And he became greater than those he served. Everyone today, we know the reason why many don't become anything near what God wants them to do, because we don't want to serve. If I ask someone, do you want to preach? Oh, yeah, I want to preach. Oh, can you come half an hour earlier? Now, to do what? To prepare? Ah, no, I'm not sure. And that's where many of us, we, we, in our culture, we struggle. And that's where attitude. Do you know, the battles, you know, in King James says, you know, say, when it's what you do in, in the secret place, God will reward you openly. Okay? You know, but when an athlete, a 100 meter sprinter, we see the sprint, the 100 meter, and we win the Olympic gold. But we don't see the 20 years where no one knew about that person of the dedication. That's where the victory was won. The victory was not won on the running field. Do you understand? That's not where it was won. It was, it was won over the last 18 years when no one saw it. Do you know that when you, get, when, when, when you get the grades at school, the grades are not achieved at the exam. The grades are achieved by day in, day out, working hard. Okay? We, know that we, have, a, we have a Chinese uh, teacher in Denmark, and so, so basically she's teaching the immigrant children in Denmark about to get better grades, and she, can Im she have improved these immigrant children's reading age to four or five years within six months. And, and the first thing she says to them, because they, the Danes are very similar to the English, she said to them, you have to understand, you have to work twice as hard as the Danes to get the same reward. And then she said, but don't worry, it's not too hard. Okay, <laughs> and, but the thing is that you have to do things, you have to be more than just as expected. Okay, if, you know, it's not enough that you only read the Bible on Sunday. You have to read it every day. Just like it's not enough, you only eat once a week. Okay? And, 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 but it's about when you start seeing this, now you can start doing it. You know, you know Lego? You don't know Lego. Okay, you know, the guy who made Lego, he got fired. He was an engineer. And then because he was unemployed, his family said to him, Oh, you had nothing else to do. You could look after the grandchildren. So he was babysitting his grandchildren, and his grandchildren was very noisy, so he needed to find out something to make them quiet. <laughs> so he invented Lego, because he said, oh, and then you find out, oh, if I can get my grandchildren to be quiet, I, other people can get their children to be quiet. No, he, it's a, he's a, and now he's, you know, he's a big uh, business now. But... Pete, David, he was a servant. He was a servant. Mm -hmm. And that's where it starts. That's where it starts. You know, but it, it's something that in the Western Christianity, I remember when we were in Birmingham many years ago, and I saw this black preacher called me pastor, and there was no place in the pastor section. He completely lost the plot. Okay? And, and it's just... Uh, and, but, but, you know, but... 
But I, but I have experienced many times where, where the same, where people say things, no, no, I don't want to. You know, we need to first and foremost be a servant. Not by force, but by choice. Amen? Uh, no, no, we, we, we don't serve out of duty, we serve out of love. Do you know, what, what made Jesus so great? He didn't have to die for you and me. He was still the son of God. He, didn't ha he, he, he did not become the son of God because he died for you and me. He went beyond what was expected of him. And that's why he has, he, he's held in the position so, 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 so boil it down to, so next time you still say, oh, you under, uh, who can do the cooking next Sunday? You should all be cook, queuing up. Not fighting about not to do it, but fighting about, I want to do it. Now, that's, that's, now this, is, this is what it means in practical Christianity. But many of us, we, we're living in it. I do my duty. Do you understand? I do my duty. I thought, can you do it? I did it last week. And I, no, no, no. Yeah, maybe you didn't like it. Yeah, but it's the attitude we need to get rid of. Do you understand that? Where we, instead of try to hide, not to do it, we should put ourselves forward. So instead of there's one, after 10 days of begging, there's five, we say, oh no, you can't do it. No, we, we, this was the actually the attitude that the Israelites adopted when we bought, uh, built the tabernacle. Can you imagine Moses? He said, "Don't bring any more offerings. We got plenty." Uh, okay, and that was the attitude that got the Israelites from the desert into the promise. Can you see? So when you know. Yeah, it's something we need to get back in. But we, 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 we very often can be people who feel entitled. Do you know that 60 years ago, it was normal that from the age of 12 years old, once, once you were 12 years old, you were expected to work and contribute to the household. That was normal in England. Okay, but today we feel we everyone feel entitled. Okay, and that's why we never break out because entitlement is some will will never change anything. Okay, I know people who are forty five years old and still live at home. Okay, it, it must be a nightmare. Okay. But, but and these people will never change anything. Okay, but God says with Him nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible, and you have it in your hands to make it happen, if you will take it. Amen. You know that I can't remember his name. He wrote a book about it. There was a man, he couldn't read. He was completely, you know, he's never really gone to school. He was a nobody, brought up in the wrong side of New York, uh, basically the poorest area, no, have nothing going for him. 
And when he went to a Billy Graham crusade by mistake, and he got saved. And when God said, when in his heart he said, now where are possibilities? So the first thing he wanted to do was he taught himself how to read. He, he had a dictionary in the toilet, dictionary in the kitchen, dictionary in the living room, everywhere he went, he, he taught himself to read. Okay? Now he's a millionaire, a businessman. Dennis Balcom, they say, I don't know, I, I just have to take the Chinese restaurant for it. Okay, but maybe that was before we paid. So, so I don't, but they say that Dennis Balcom speaks Chinese without an accent. Okay? But, but do you know with Dennis Balcom? He still carries a Chinese dictionary in his pocket everywhere he goes, still spends four hours every day practicing Chinese. He, when did he go to Hong Kong? Just after the, the, the Vietnam War. Still to this day. Okay? And he, he, and he, but he made himself a success. Now, if you, were, if you are a Western preacher, you want to preach in China or Hong Kong, you cannot, on, if Dennis Balcom, he does this, they won't let you in. Okay? But it didn't. But he was not a natural. Do you understand? Remember when he shared about when he's, the first Chinese course he went to? That all the kids there was, <laughs> he was 20, he, he was 20, and all the, the students there was five or six. So, so you can say he was a mature student. <laughs> he was sitting, okay. Most people that I know of, they will find, oh, that's too embarrassing, I wouldn't want to go. No, he decided he wants to. Okay? So Jesus didn't have to die for us, but he chose to do it for us. Okay? Every, every athlete that becomes a champion will always do more training. More training. Okay? It was funny, I was listening to... Um, to, two, uh, to a brother and sister, and uh, so are they very successful entrepreneurs now. And, uh, and, he, and what they all said, well, what we both said, what is the common for all entrepreneurs? Those who makes a lot of money, okay? Is they all wake up very, very early. Meaning, they work hard. Okay? It's not that, you know, they both graduated, this brother and sister both graduated from Oxford, but that was not what they focused upon. What they focused upon, they all worked hard. Do you know what? All of us can work hard. Do you know what? I've I seen people who've been born with every opportunity in life and messed it up. Okay, you know, the fa father had plenty of money, uh, everything, went to the best schools and best education possible was made available to him and they still messed it up. And when I see other people who come from a background where nothing was in their favor, everything was upside down. Okay? And yet, we made it a success. Not survived just, but made it a success. Okay? It, it, but, 
but but the thing is success is not something that is given to you success is something you and I we need to take no success is not like a little dog who jumps up into your lap and when you oh it's nice no you have to grab it that's what Jasper 189 says if you keep my word in your heart and in my in your mouth success will overtake you but how long shall I keep it in my heart and mouth until success overtakes you? Okay? And, 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 that, and that's what, you know, this year. Make this year a year where I say, I'm going to make something out of my life. How many applications, how many job interviews, how many setbacks do I need before I get it? Doesn't matter. If you don't quit, it's not a setback, it's a practice. Okay? How many times do I have, you know, I want to see breakthroughs, I want to see breakthroughs in provision, I want to see breakthroughs in healings and things like that. And how many sick people do I need to pray for and die until we see the breakthrough? I don't know. But I don't want to quit. I want to see the breakthrough of healings. And, and we need a breakthrough in healings in terms of terminal diseases. We need to see a breakthrough. Okay? We need to see, uh, was it Thomas Edison, or how many times did he miss when he tried to do the light bulb? 99 times, something like that. And then the number 100, he made it. Okay, so they, so they said to him something about uh, how did it feel to fail. He said, I didn't fail. I found out a new way not, to, how, to, not how to do it. Okay, and you and I, we, 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 we need to. We, 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 we need to do that. So, so, they, so it is within your possibility that you are a champion. Now, will I do it? Now, will I become? It's not anyone else's fault but me if I don't make it. I have it. In, do you know what is wonderful about when I became a Christian? I thought, now, what, you know, before I became a Christian, I was subjected always to things outside of me okay but when I became a Christian and I realized I have the authority of Jesus now I realized now I have the influence the authority not to be bullied by circumstances but I can actually do something about it okay if you have symptoms in your body now, before I became a Christian, you have to, you know, just hope for the best for what the doctor But now, you are Christian, you have the Word of God. But we, we, must, but we must be that determined. Don't live a life, Christian life, where you're trying to fit Jesus in. You know, like I have vice this, I have that, and I have that, and I have that. And then I have Jesus, like in a, in a compartment here, so with all the other compartments. No, if you make him your life, all the other things will come into place. Amen. All the other things, but it's focus on him. Pursue him and say, you know what, I will do anything possible. Okay? But the thing is, is uh, and the first thing that happens when we become Christians, we become what we call bond slaves. The, uh, the biblical term, no, a bond slave. Is like in 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 that in biblical time it was like you you were you were a slave and then 
some slaves were only slaves for a certain amount of time. Because if you know, if some became slaves because of if they couldn't pay their debt and things like that. And when the time has uh, expired, and some people, they chose to be bond slaves also by choice. Okay? So what happened was that for, for those who became bond slaves, that's, why, that's where the, the custom comes from that men wear an earring. Okay? So, 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 what, so what you do, if, if to the, so the master, he pierces his ear, so now everyone could see that that person became, was, a, was not a slave, but a bond slave. Now it was by choice. Okay? But we, because we taught a lot about authority and things like that, and you are royalty, and many of us in the charismatics and your faith forgot we are servants. That's where it starts. You know, do you know, what do we call the prime minister? What, what does minister mean? To serve. Okay? That's what it means. And if you, Jesus said, if you want to be great, you need to serve. Okay? I can't remember where it is now, but in France, there is a monastery in France, and the Catholics from all over the world travel just down to that monastery to see that one monk. Do you know what he does in the monastery? He do the dishes. Okay. He's not sitting on, on a big throne like Pope II. Okay. No greatness is found in the serving. Okay. We are, we are called to serve the community. We are called to serve the people. That's why when you see people on the street preaching about you need to repent, that's not serving. Okay? That's not serving. Oh, you're a stupid idiot. If you don't repent, you're going to die. And if you don't turn, you're going to burn. <laughs> no, that's not serving. Do you understand? That's not serving. And that's where we, we say, why do people not come to church anymore? Because the church has <coughs> got to serve. Okay? So, so this is, take, uh, embrace this year with this message and say, I am going to make this year the most successful year I ever had. I'm going to pursue this, I'm going to throw myself into this year with everything that I have. I'm going to work, you know, I'm going to make sure that no one will outwork me. It will not be for the lack of effort. I will give everything that I got and you will see how God pursues you. Uh, the, the blessing will just come. Okay? If you determine never to quit, you bring breakthrough not just for yourself, but for many people behind you. Okay? If you, it's not, when, you, when people see you breaking through, suddenly they can see they can break through too. Okay? You remember Roger Bannister, when, when, when we had the mile to run, it, no one believed that it was possible to run the mile with, uh, below four minutes. 
But when he broke the world record, when he broke the four-minute barrier, I think the, uh, within the same year, it was two or three other runners who did it. Because suddenly something changed in your head. 100-meter sprint, I remember still when they said that you could not break the 10-second barrier. Now you can't even get into a final if you can't run below 10 seconds. Can you imagine that you and I, we are, so determined, we are going to break through and say, when it's not just for us, but for people who comes after us. But it's, uh, t take 10, 2018 as a year. And it's like, don't believe the world and say, it's your skill, it's your skill that makes you successful. No, it's your willingness to serve, work hard. As I said to you, when, when I went to Oxford to see Matthew the first time, you know, but what was different is with the students is how hard we work. Okay? It, that's what sets them apart. Of course, there is a certain level of intelligence, but, but, it's, but there are probably many bright students all over the place. But it was that atmosphere of working hard. Okay? And that's, you know, in the kingdom of God, that's the same. There's a Jewish saying, and I'll finish with that. No, the Jewish people, they say this, that you have to pray so hard and so much as if hard work doesn't work. And you have to work so hard as if prayer doesn't work. And when you have those two combined, you become a success. Okay? You pray so much, so hard, as if, as if hard work doesn't make a difference. And you work so hard as if prayer doesn't make a difference. And when you have the two combined, okay? And, and don't buy into this thing about saying someone tells you you're stupid. No, just put effort into it, okay? Don't let any, because the problem is when someone tells you, oh, I'm not good at maths, or I'm not good at science, or I'm not good at friends, or whatever, if you just if you buy into that, you, you're giving up making an effort. Okay, I'm telling you, I believe you know up until university level, it's it's just about effort. Okay, I'm no German expert, but you ask me about German grammar, I can still to this day reciting all the German grammar, and it, it was not because I was a natural; it was because I was so scared of my German teacher. Because she could, she could just point at you, you do it. So I would not want to be humiliated. So I recited all the German grammar. It took me, I don't know how many, it took a long time. I never forgotten it. Okay? So it's not, it was not, and, and that taught me I could do the same with accountancy. I could do the same with statistics. And, and none of these things came natural to me at all. But if I buy into the thought that says, I'm, I can't, this is not for me, I already lost. If I buy into that, oh, I'm, I'm just from this background of that opportunity, so I won't be like a success, I already lost. No, you can be a success and you can start wherever you are right now. Do you understand? Start where you are and say, I'm going to do it. I'm going to make my life count. I'm going, I don't care what had happened. It's not what happens to me that will affect me. It's what I do that will affect my life. Mm. Amen? Mm. And you can do that. You know, if I'm too old, no, no one, you know. 
I think the guy who started Walmart, he was 54. Okay? Uh, McDonald's, I think, I think he was nearly 60. Ray Kroc, the guy who made it. You just keep going for Don't quit. Amen? Okay, let's pray, Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, give us that spirit of defiance and give us that spirit of that we will work harder than anyone. That, that spirit that was upon Joshua, that it may come 